Friendship with God would like to thank you for donating to the Loreto Need. With your help, a total of $10,378 were collected in donations, and 645 food baskets were delivered to the homes of the poor people of Loreto. Visit friendshipwithgod.org and take a look at the slideshow of some of the people that you supported during this difficult time. Thank you for being an instrument of God's blessing. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now here God is really laying it out in verse 4, Isaiah 1-4. Oh, sinful nation! a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? You'll revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Description here is the greatest threat that Israel has for their survival. This is the threat of Israel's destruction, is when God looks at them and says, sinful nation, people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, not just evildoers, but a seed of evildoers. Children that are corruptors, they're not just corrupted, they are corruptors. As far as that space to repent, when God was looking for any people, for, the, the, for was looking for any hope that Israel will repent and respond to God's chastening, God says, like a conclusion, in Isaiah 1-4 that we read, he said, God looks at this, says, they've forsaken the Lord. They provoke the Holy One of Israel to anger. They're going backwards. And he asked the question, why should, I, why should I chasten you anymore? Why should I bother anymore? Why should you be stricken anymore? You'll revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, the whole head is sparked. Now, this is the most serious state for Israel when he's essentially saying, God is essentially saying, no hope of repentance. Now, when that happens, Satan is just overjoyed. And he's saying, yes, God, yes, pull the lever of the judgment. Destroy Israel. You promised that you would judge sin. Destroy Israel, and that way the world would not be saved. So, from what God said in Isaiah chapter one, Israel would have been totally destroyed, and it would have been all over curtains for the Jewish people. But then, but then, what is this? In the same chapter, Another voice speaks. All of a sudden, it's not God speaking here, but it's another voice starts to speak. 
Who is it? It's Israel herself. And she's speaking in verse nine, Isaiah chapter one, verse nine. In Isaiah 1, 9, Israel speaks, and Israel says, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom and Gomorrah. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. This is Israel speaking. This is Israel speaking, and Israel says, we're not destroyed because of a very small remnant, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. This is a principle here, very important principle in the Bible. This is the principle of a very small remnant saving the very large group that they're a part of, and it all comes out from arguments that Abraham was making with God for the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah when God came to destroy them. Where it says in Genesis 18.23, Genesis 18.23, Abraham drew near and said to God, said, wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be 50 within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Abraham was right on. And God responded to that argument in the next verse, which is Genesis 18.26, Genesis 18.26. And the Lord said, I find in Sodom 50 within the city. Then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And the rest of that history of that negotiation there was Abraham just pushing the number lower and lower and lower and lower. So Abraham finally got to 10, and God said, at the end of the negotiations, God said at the end of the negotiations, which is Genesis 18.32, Genesis 18.32, I will not destroy it for 10's sake. Now, this, all of this illustrates the principle of a remnant of believers saving their own lost people. And it shows us how a very small remnant of Jewish believers in the Lord Jesus Christ saves all the Jewish people from immediate destruction, from immediate destruction. How ironic, how ironic of this that the small remnant of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ is saving the Jewish people when the Jewish people say they are destroying the Jewish people. But God says, no, just the opposite. They're saving them. It's again illustrated for us in 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19 is really explained in Romans 11.2. Romans 11.2 through 5. Romans 11.2 through 5. It was a day of Elijah. Elijah, when he was up there on the Mount Carmel, Elijah's very, very discouraged. Really, he thinks, he looks and he says, look, every Jewish person is so deep in sin and so involved in idolatry with Baal worship. And that was when God's man, Elijah, actually prayed for the Jewish people to be destroyed. He was pretty depressed which is referred to in Romans 11 as Elijah praying against Israel. Romans 11.2, Romans 11.2. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. Watch ye not what the scripture saith of Elijah, 
how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they've killed thy prophets, dig down thine altars, I am left alone, and they seek my life. So Elijah is saying, there is no remnant, I'm the only one left. At that point, Elijah is really praying for the destruction of Israel because he thought there were, there were no other believers, just him. But God responded to Elijah, said, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna destroy Israel, Elijah, and here's the reason why. Romans 11.4, Romans 11.4. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Elijah didn't see them. They were hidden from Elijah's sight. But God said, I see them. I see there's 7,000. Elijah says, zero. God says, 7,000. God says to Elijah, Elijah, your math's off a little bit. There's 7,000. You think there's zero? There's 7,000. Because of that remnant of 7,000, God did not do what Elijah asked him to do, which was to destroy Israel. He didn't do that. And this is the same principle that keeps Israel from being totally destroyed today, today. It's the principle of the saved remnant saving their own lost people from total destruction. And God has said, there is a remnant, just the same like he said to Elijah, Elijah, you don't see them, but I see 7,000. And so God says the same thing to us in Romans 11.5. Romans 11.5. Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant. Now, what do we know about the remnant? What do we know about the remnant of the Jewish people? Well, first, their description is very important, which is in, in Isaiah 1.9, the verse we were looking at, Isaiah 1.9. Isaiah 1.9 says, they are called a very small remnant. Very small remnant. If, if you ask me, then I would say it's not very small. It's very, very, very small remnant. They are the very, very, very few that the Lord described. And then when you think about that, and then you think about the Sermon on the Mount, when the Lord was talking about who gets into heaven and how people get into heaven in, in uh, Matthew 7.13. Matthew 7.13, keep in mind here the very small remnant. Okay, Matthew 7.13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Many are not part of the remnant. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Few as in very small remnant. Now when the Lord spoke this on the Sermon on the Mount, we always you know, look at this, oh, the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, and, and who was he speaking to? Oh, he was speaking to all kinds of people. Well, he wasn't speaking to Eskimos. He wasn't speaking to Eskimos. He was speaking to Jewish people when he said that many will go to destruction. And he was talking, contrary to Hagee, the Lord said many would go to destruction. And he was talking to Jewish people and the Lord is referring to the very, very, very small remnant of Jewish people, Jewish believers, when he said there are a few, just a few, that would find this narrow gate that leads to eternal life. So this, this concept here, this point of the small number of Jewish believers is made in both Isaiah and, and also in, in Romans, in Romans 9.27, Romans 9.27, 
Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. Just a small remnant. This is the very first point that the Jewish people is a very, very small group. Like Isaiah 1.9 says, a very small remnant. Reminds me of the time in my life that just after I was saved, I was down at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Pacific Beach. It's not there anymore, but that's where I was. And there was an older Jewish man in the church, and uh, very rare, that you know, a Jewish believer there, but he was there in the church. And he pulled me aside one day, and he said, uh, I want to give you some advice. You know, you know, I was a new believer, and he wanted to give me some advice. And I said, yeah, what's the advice? He said, we are a very rare bird, my boy, a very rare bird. I would say, well, looking around, I'd say, we're not just a rare bird, we're a rare bird that's on the verge of extinction. Now, so the next point about the remnant of believers, Jewish believers, is seen in Isaiah 63, 16. Isaiah 63, 16. Where we read, Isaiah 63, 16. The remnant is speaking, and, it's, uh, and the remnant is speaking to God. Doubtless thou art our father, Though Abraham be ignorant of us, and Israel acknowledge us not. Thou, O Lord, art our Father, our Redeemer. Thy name is from everlasting. So what this shows here about the Jewish remnant is that they really feel this rare bird aspect about themselves because Abraham, he says on one hand, the Jewish remnant says, Abraham doesn't even know us. And they feel so separated from the Jewish people because the Jewish people would not even acknowledge that they are Jewish. For example, as you know, when I, when I went to go buy the house in, in Israel, which as a Jewish person, I have the right to return. I have the right to do that because my, both my mother and my father were Jewish. And, and I mean, I went to synagogue in the 50s and you know, Israel was formed in 1945. I was born in 1950. And so I was in the synagogue in the 1950s in the largest reformed synagogue in Beverly Hills, Temple Emmanuel. And you know we had to bring our, our money and put it in the cans, and we were planting, the money was gonna be used for planting trees, and we all wanted to go over and see the tree we planted, and we learned the Israeli songs, the pioneer songs, saying, we learned all these songs that the pioneer, pioneers were there. We had an identity with them. We had to go to Hebrew school. We learned Hebrew. Why do we need Hebrew in Beverly Hills? Don't tell me, but I don't know. That's what we had to do. And we were all told, you're Jewish. There's no place is your home except the land of Israel. You have the right to return because you're Jewish. Both my mother and father were Jewish. I could become an Israeli citizen. But, but, the Israeli Supreme Court ruled that if a person's mother and father were Jewish, as mine, and he was baptized, which I was, then there was no right of return for that person since revoked. He cannot become an Israeli citizen. The right of the return does not apply to him, doesn't reply to me. This is Isaiah 63:16. Isaiah 63:16, where it says, Israel acknowledges not. Israel acknowledges not. Israel acknowledges not. Say, they say, you're not Jewish if you're a believer, if you're part of the very small remnant, if you've been baptized. And what this remnant do, they don't just walk away from their own people. But what they do is described in Joel 2:32. Joel 2:32. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. 
For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So the remnant call on the name of the Lord, and then God calls the remnant. Joel 2.32, Joel 2.32 is talking about the remnant. That's who's being referred to in this whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. Most are not, but the very small few within, they call. And that's the reference that's in Romans 10.13, which is quoted out from Joel 2.32. Romans 10.13, Romans 10.13. Whosoever among Israel, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever who calls on God, the same as first. It's not talking about Eskimos. I mean, you know, it's a good thing that Eskimos get saved. They should call also on the Lord, but this particular context is talking about the remnant of Israel. The remnant call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save them from their sins. That's a factor with them. Now, the remnant stop God. They prevent God from destroying all of the Jewish people. It says in Lamentations 4.6, Lamentations 4.6. Lamentation is a book, basically a very sad book. It's like a crying book. That's why I call it Lamentations. Anyways, Lamentations 4.6 says, for the punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom that was overthrown as in a moment. And no hand stayed on her. No hand stayed on who? No hand stayed on Sodom. No remnant, not enough remnant was in there to stay on her. So the Jewish remnant of believers are the hands that stay on the Jewish people and they say to God, no God, don't destroy my people. They're called the hands that stay on her. And the Jewish remnant are doing exactly the same thing that Moses did when God said to Moses, all right, Moses, that's it. They made the golden calf step aside. I'm gonna destroy them all because they made the golden calf and I'm gonna destroy them all. And, and then it says, Moses spoke to God. And he said in Exodus 32, 32, Exodus 32, 32. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. So Moses was saying to God, if you're gonna destroy Israel, start with me. Then I will be destroyed, because I'm gonna stand right in front of them, so you have to destroy me first. This is kind of what Paul, the mindset that Paul was in in Romans 9.1. Romans 9.1, where Paul said, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness, continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ, from my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites. That's what the Jewish remnant of believers do. They pray that God would not destroy their own Jewish people. How ironic, again, that the Jewish remnant of believers are viewed by the Jewish people as destroying, as destroying Israel through conversion to Christianity, when in reality, the Jewish remnant of believers are actually keeping Israel from being destroyed. So, what we've seen is that Israel, by bringing the world to God, Israel will save the world. But the world will only be saved if Israel is not destroyed. And we've seen that Israel would now be destroyed because of their own sin. If it were not for the very small Jewish remnant keeping Israel from being destroyed, the Jewish remnant of believers are the only reason that Israel is not destroyed today. Not because of Netanyahu. It's the Jewish remnant of believers that is the only reason why Israel is not destroyed. 
which means that the only hope for the world to be brought to God and to be saved by Israel is to be saved by Israel is for Israel to not be destroyed from their own sin. And it's the Jewish remnant of believers that keeps Israel from being destroyed so Israel can go on to bring the world to God and, and save the world. This all means no Israel, no world saved. No remnant, no Israel. No world saved. That means for us, it's important for us to have a purpose, a very, very firm purpose of encouraging the Jewish people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Israel restoration is all about. It's all about encouraging the Jewish people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and become a part of the remnant because the remnant preserves Israel from total destruction and Israel will then go on, bring the world to God to save the world. So when we encourage Jewish people to be saved, and some are, they become part of Israel's remnant that preserve Israel who will save the world. And you thought that Jewish evangelism was all about just saving Jews? It's not, it's not. Jewish evangelism is all about being a part of God saving the world. Is there anything more important than that? Playing a role with God in saving the world? So what do we do? What should we do in all this? First and foremost, God sets out for us what we should do in Isaiah 37.4. Isaiah 37.4, where it says, wherefore lift up thy prayer for the remnant. What do we do? We pray for the remnant. Oh God, we pray for the remnant. What's the text of our prayer? When we pray for the remnant, what's the text of our prayer? Well, God says, he gives us a text in Jeremiah 31.7, Jeremiah 31.7. Oh Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. That's praying for the remnant. Oh Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Or, oh Lord, save thy people by saving the remnant of Israel. And this is all what, what Paul was essentially saying his prayer was in Romans 10.1. Romans 10.1. Brethren, my heart's desire, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Very simple prayer. That they might be saved. Now, pray for us in the broad approach of encouraging the Jewish people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and thereby becoming a part of the remnant. Pray for us in this broad approach of the summer blitz, the summer blitz, the LA Saturday outreach that has knocked on literally millions of doors. Pray for a call center down in Takati that has called literally over a million Jewish homes to encourage them to receive the testimony DVD, to encourage them to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for the broad approach. Then pray for the focused approach, the focused approach of making friends in Israel, of making friends with Israelis through Israel Alive program. So let me state again the purpose of Israel Restoration Ministries. The purpose of Israel Restoration Ministries is to encourage Jewish people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ to become part of the remnant. Because the remnant preserves Israel from total destruction and Israel will bring the world to God so that the world will be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for such a privilege to be part of this great program that you have to save the world. 
Lord, and that, and that as we encourage Jewish people to receive the Lord Jesus so that those Jewish people can become part of the remnant that will preserve Israel from destruction so Israel can go on and bring the world to God and the world be saved. Lord, thank you for our part, and, and we pray that you would make us faithful to pray and do what we can in this great effort. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Friendship with God would like to thank you for donating to the Loreto Need. With your help, a total of $10,378 were collected in donations and 645 food baskets were delivered to the homes of the poor people of Loreto. Visit friendshipwithgod.org and take a look at the slideshow of some of the people that you supported during this difficult time. Thank you for being an instrument of God's blessing.